All right. Welcome to the 102nd episode of Downtime Podcast with Elisa and Jeremy. Jeremy, we are about three hours away from the Game of Thrones series finale. What are you going to do? I'm going to eat a bunch of popcorn. I'm going to watch it with my brother, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch it as well, even though I've only seen 12 episodes of Game of Thrones in my entire life, just because I need to be in on the trends and know what everyone's talking about at work tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> you just nod your head like, yep, yep, and dragons, I will yep, nod, yep. And I'll nod my head, exactly, and I'm going to be like, see, I told you so. <laughs> yeah no i i feel it it's it's gonna be a fun episode and it's gonna have a lot of there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on i've heard some rumors but i mean i'm trying to like not think about it so that when i watch it i'll be more surprised i think based off of my limited knowledge of the song of fire ice and fire fire and ice and the whole storyline of game of thrones i'm shocked this episode, the that last episode with the dragon, was the second to last episode of the entire series. So there's only one hour left today, to pretty much go over every single thing and potentially solve all. No, I I say solve all the problems, but it's more answer the questions of the series. So we got one hour left, and I am not feeling good about that from a writer standpoint. <laughs> Mm, I've seen all the uh I've seen all the complaints about this current season. And while I do agree with them, like I do understand that this is good TV and not well sorry, let me reword that. I understand that this is entertainment and at this point the writers were pretty checked out, the showrunners especially. Um D&D is they're referred to. They're What are, they're what are their last names? Uh um DB Weiss and Daniel something. Hmm. So they both have names that start with D. Okay. That's why they're called D&D. Got it. Um, yeah. And so they they wrote uh, a majority of these episodes in season eight. And so it's objectively looking at it. I'm just like, this is, this is just good entertainment. Like this is exactly what this show is meant to be. But from my own personal opinion, like I don't really like the direction the show is going because of like, just like from a from a narrative perspective there's too many there's too much action going on and not enough drama and not enough character development and it just seems like a lot of char- character development has been thrown out the window um but regardless i mean this is it like this is the end and no matter what we get at the end is what they've already created so we made it you know. yeah exactly like that's it now um this is this is a little bit of an off topic but related to Game of Thrones. So um, last week was the season finale for Survivor. And I'm just going to briefly tell you what the theme of Survivor that season is. So what happened was if you got voted out of Survivor, you weren't out of the game. And there were checkpoints at the final 10. So it started off with 18 people. And if you were voted out, then you're put on an island called the Edge of Extinction, but you're still in the game. And there's checkpoints at the final 10 and the final 5 where if you won a competition, then you were back in the game. Wow. So there's like a second chance you can come back. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And pretty much it fell... The whole thing fell on its head because the winner of of season 38 was the person who got voted out in third place. Hmm. But the but the biggest issue of them all is that it's a play it's a player that the production so the ed, like the actual show edit they never showed him pretty much. Oh wow. So it it was kind of like a lot of people forgot that his character even existed until the season finale. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, so I think 
I think that the theme necessarily isn't that bad. It was the fact that the player who won, no one had a personal connection to him. Because I, I do agree when you have these reality competitions, if you just knowing who the who the player is already gravitates someone to cheer for them versus someone who has no footage whatsoever. And you're just like, why is this guy never shown? What's going on? Right, right. No, I I totally get that. Yeah, and then that being said, so one of the one of the uh, there's a survivor podcaster. His name's Rob, and he um, he's also a Game of Thrones fan. And so basically, his prediction now is the big twist of Game of Thrones might be that uh, Gendry ends up on the Iron Throne, even though he missed all of season four, five, six, and came back with only three episodes left of season seven. <laughs> I mean, I I could see Gendry being on the Iron Throne. Um, for a, a plethora of different reasons, but hey, I mean that's a cool prediction. And I just um, first of all, is there even an Iron Throne left, Jeremy? That's the real oh, question. Yeah. <laughs> Does it even uh, exist <laughs> physically? A part of me doesn't want it to, <laughs> because I'm just like this. At this point, I'm just like this is stupid. But at the end of it, I think it's gonna be there, but like in shambles, you know, like surrounded by debris. Which is like a really fitting way to have the Iron Throne portrayed at the very end is because it's like all this destruction around this one thing. Yeah. You know, it's I think it's a very it would be a very fitting end to show whoever sits at the Iron Throne at the Iron Throne sits there, but there's like a bunch of rubble and they're just sitting there alone and that's how the show ends. But eh, I mean Yeah, whatever. I mean I'm excited for this episode and yeah, obviously we're recording this on Sunday, so by the time this comes out, you have already probably seen the episode, and let us know your thoughts. I mean, we haven't really talked extensively about Game of Thrones on this podcast, but since it's such a hot topic right now, we might as well. I know, so, it's, a, it's a hot... Wait, wait can, can you hold on real quick? Yes. Yeah? Oh. Okay. Sorry. It's so, okay. Someone opened my door. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we're probably not going to do a spoiler cast or anything, but I, it is a really I've only hot seen, topic. I've only seen YouTube videos and 12 episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, I mean, like, there's so many little things we can go into about the whole series, but, <laughs> I mean, for its overall arc, I don't think we need to talk about it in depth. Um, but if you want to share your thoughts on Game of Thrones with us, we will talk about it on the podcast. But, of course, you know, spoilers, spoiler warning, like, these are spoilers for the show, so if you haven't seen it yet... What the hell are you doing? Go watch it. Yes. You probably can't catch up in three hours, but you can watch a recap on YouTube. Yep. And if you ask me a question, then I, I you got to let me know in advance because I have to watch it on YouTube and watch the summary uh, of what's going on. Or, yeah. And, or if you just want a better answer that is- Ask Jeremy. Detailed. Don't ask me. Yeah. Don't ask me anything. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask, me. I mean, ask I just... me anything. Granted, I haven't read the books. <laughs> I've only seen the show, but I've seen every episode. It so doesn't matter, Jeremy. Like uh, the, <laughs> the last three seasons aren't even based off the book. <laughs> yeah, it's that's very true. <laughs> All right. That being said, before we go on to gaming, let's just give our hot takes. Who's taking the throne, Jeremy? And then we'll com- we'll compare next episode. You know, the, the whole Gendry thing that Rob talked about on his podcast that you just mentioned is something that I think could happen. Is it actually a plausible th- thing? You know, you know he, he got written off already, and I'm just like, okay. Like, he hasn't shown up in, in, in like, two episodes, so I'm just like, okay, he's gone. Um, <laughs> but uh, I honestly think that Jon Snow will take the throne, and he will do it reluctantly because he might kill Daenerys. Well, Jon Snow had that look at the end of, or not the end of the episode, but during the episode where it's like, oh, fuck, I guess I gotta kill my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. That loving, sweet look. Yeah, I think he's gonna kill her in front of everyone, and then he'll take the throne and everyone will be okay with it, but of course, deep down he is gonna be sad because he killed his auntie girlfriend, and at the same time, he's gonna be, you know, really reluctant to be the leader, even though I feel like it's destiny for him to take the the throne because of his background, his his family, and his dad, his right? Her- yeah, yeah, his heritage is yeah. what I'm trying to say. So he will probably take it, although I really don't want him to, because but... he doesn't want to. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, but like that's what makes good TV is not having your characters have a happy ending. It's having your characters like written in a way that they have still have some internal conflict at the end of it and you it makes you kind of want more and to understand more i mean 
some will argue that the TV show Lost was a really bad example of this, but I'd like to argue that it is both bad and good. Like I myself love to hate that show. I watched it. I watched every single episode growing up with my family, my my mom, my dad, my brother. So we have a really strong connection to that TV show. And the way it ended, we all had mixed feelings like everyone else. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there were still a lot of questions to be had with the show at the end. And it's good when a show kind of wraps it all up. But I also like that there's some mystery on some TV when it's all over, you know? Agreed. But this, since this is a really high-budget, high-profile show, I feel like it's going to go one way or the other. Yeah. My prediction is... Uh, I don't... And this is my limited prediction of not watching the show ever. I think... Jon Snow is going to take the throne and I prefer if he's the one who kills Daenerys because I don't think it will be satisfying if Arya is the one who kills Daenerys. I think it has to be Jon. Yeah, she's already killed one big bad guy. She killed the the mini boss, the sub boss. Yeah, she killed the sub boss. (laughs) I know that there's a prophecy that's being touted around because she has to kill one more person in the prophecy but i just think it's mm-hmm. i just think it's very unsatisfying if her character kills Daenerys versus Jon who arguably has a bigger impact right yeah i i want Jon to kill her because of exactly those reasons but i do know the prophecy that you're talking about where it's like she has a list basically of people that she needs to kill or needs yes. to be killed yeah. And Cersei and the Hound were on those lists, I I believe. I believe I know Cersei was. Mm-hmm. But I I think the Hound is on the list, but he's, you know, he's already gone and but Cersei, she's gone too, so is but isn't the Hound the person who's ba- who's her father or not her you know what I mean, not her father, but was he's her like father a, figure. Like a big brother. Okay. Yeah, and like she they both hated each other, but they also had a really good friendship with of of each other, so Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was a weird relationship that they had, but I know she she wanted to be the one to kill him, but mm-hmm. you know, ultimately he had his demise to his brother. Yeah. But um I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see who does ultimately kill Daenerys. I really feel like Daenerys is going to die. Because what she did was was, you know, actionable by death. Yeah. She killed a bunch of people. Innocent people. She killed a lot of people. Yep. So, I like there were a lot of war crimes committed during this. I know. She could have easily just taken the dragon and went to what's a what what do you call it? The Red Keep? Yeah. She could have easily just rode the dragon there and Dracarist on that. But instead, she Dracarist everyone. <laughs> And everything. And like everything. She, she did destroy the Red Keep with the dragon. And it's kind of weird because people are like, why does the dragon's fire destroy like bricks and buildings now? And people are like, because riding. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of weird that this like OP, <laughs> this OP dragon fire can suddenly destroy bricks and like all these other things. Like usually when you see dragon fire, it's just like it doesn't really like torch the bri- the, the brick or doesn't destroy buildings like that. But it was like Godzilla. And I'm like, okay. I guess this is how we're going to do it. You just have to ignore all logic and physics. Yeah. Fuck reality. Let's just let's just do it. <laughs> it's a song of fire and ice, people. Just accept it. That's true. Just accept it. And stay tuned for next week's episode, whether any of us are right on our predictions. I know, right? Oh, we'll see. Yep. I mean... We'll we'll both find out at the end of this. I know. Are you gonna watch the East Coast showing, or are you gonna wait for the West Coast? They air at the same time. What do you mean? Oh, sorry. I've, you know, I thought that I thought that West Coast aired at nine p.m. and East Coast aired at six p.m. Oh, it's the other way around. Really? The, the what? East. East. Oh, East I I get nine. what you're saying. It's being okay. I get what you're saying. It. No matter what, it's being shown everywhere around the world at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Exactly. Okay, yeah. I get I get what you're saying. Yes. It's yeah, like yeah, a basketball yeah. game then, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Got it. Exactly. Exactly like a basketball game. Exactly like a basketball <laughs> game, which, by the way, 
these warriors have been giving me some heart attacks for the past week but the games are so good because the bench is so fucking good right now against portland but yeah I, yeah but the fact that in both the okay last yesterday's game wasn't that bad we were only losing by like not 10 points and that's not a big deal in warrior land but when we were losing by 17 points i got off of work that day i got off of work a little bit late and i look at my phone and i'm like okay game two it's home court let's see where we're at and we're down 17 at halftime i'm like what the fuck's going on right now guys yeah, yeah. i hate this team <laughs> sometimes it they're so uh they they're such a third quarter team it's it it it's good for it's good for the antics and it's good for the entertainment value yeah so i'll give them that it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be crazy I anticipate uh, today's Raptors game it will also be good. So uh, Raptors and Bucks uh, on the East Coast. So we'll see what happens there because Toronto conf- fans are crazy. Does that conflict with Game of Thrones or is that? No, it, like- it, it should happen before Game of Thrones. Oh, perfect. Yep. And yeah. All right. We're going to talk about games now. End scene. Yes. Yes. Act two. Act two. <laughs> Uh, what you been playing? All right, so I haven't been playing anything, but I picked up Danganronpa, the trilogy. So let me just open up the cover. So I have Danganronpa, and it's by NIS America. So it has both uh, 1 and 2 reloaded, and it has um, the third one, which is, I think, called Killing Harmony. Actually, is this even the third one? Why does it have the Roman numeral five on it? Hold on. (laughs) Hang on a second. That's confusing. (laughs) But the as I'm trying to figure, oh, version three. Okay, I'm so I'm gonna take a picture of this for you and show it after this podcast. So on the disc, on the disc, it has Danganronpa. v3 killing harmony where everything except for the three is in white text and the three blends with the background so it just looks like a roman numeral like you have beautiful yeah you have to look closely to notice that there's a three there (laughs) but okay i know so i i bought this and i'm really excited to play it just because i decided that i needed a jrpg to play and i've been uh, especially just reading a lot of the news about Persona, I just wanted to pick up a new game, and so I picked this up, and that's all I have to really talk about for today. I was uh, I was on a business trip, so I haven't been able to play much, but uh, I'm I will have more info on this game as I play it. Nice. Yes. And I believe for anyone who doesn't know what this game is, it's a murder mystery. I'm pretty sure. Oh, nice. In in the vein of, like, Clue? I don't know if it's... I don't think it's in the vein of Clue, but then again, I haven't played... Like, it, this is one of those games where I see all the time and I read the articles, and I've always been interested in playing it, but I haven't looked in depth for it, so I don't want to say anything that will piss off the fans. Ah, okay, <laughs> so, that's fair. But it is a murder mystery, Jeremy, so we can interpret that however we want. Hmm, okay. Yes. Sure. And I think... There's going to be a Danganronpa, like a new one coming out this year, unless the trilogy is the thing that's coming out this year, which is already out. Came out okay. a month ago. Uh, okay. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, cool. Yep. And that's all I have to talk about for now. What about you? Uh, I, I actually haven't been playing too many games. Yeah. I've been, I've been kind of busy. It's been, uh, it's, it's a busy time in May for sure. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this on the previous podcast, but I a hundred percented Mario Kart eight. Oh, why do I feel like I'm surprised that it hasn't been 100 percented yet? Um, cause I haven't. <laughs> oh no. I'm just, I'm surprised that you haven't done it yet. I feel like that's. Oh, oh. That's something you would have done already. Yeah, I was just kind of lazy because the last thing I had to do was collect all the gold cart items. 
and the the I had the gold frame and I had the the gold glider already. So there's three parts that make up the cart. There's the frame, the wheels, and the glider. Yeah. I had two of those, but I didn't have the wheels. And the only way to get the wheels is if you beat all of the Nintendo staff ghosts oh, on you, time you, trials. Oh, you've told me about this before. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't really want to do that because I was like, there's 48 maps and I have to do this and I'm probably going to mess up because these ghosts are pretty good. <laughs> Turned out not all of them were really good. And uh, uh, some of them were pretty easy to beat. But but there were a handful that were really hard. Okay. And I finally did that. I beat them. And yeah, I, I got everything. So you did it. You I, I, did it. I did it. I can check it off as a game that I completed this year. Yes. Which is awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the only thing I've been kind of playing on and off because it's just something that you can just easily pick up and play and just be satisfied with playing a video oh, game. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I'll, oh, uh, the other day, uh, my brother and I, we bought this game on Steam for two bucks. It's called... Judge Dread, Dread versus Death. It's a PC. It's a PC game from nineteen. Uh, for not not nineteen. From uh, two thousand five. It's a first person shooter. I've definitely and, heard of Judge Dread before. Right. It he there was a comic series. There's a book. There's like books and there's yeah. like there was a movie that came out in nineteen ninety six starring uh, Sylvester Stallone. Um, and there was a movie in twenty twelve that starred that starred Carl Urban as Judge Dread, and he's basically this this like futuristic cop that lives in like the year 30 something and a dystopia yeah he lives he lives on the east coast of the united states and the whole east coast is this giant city called mega city one and uh the judges are judge jury and executioner basically like they're a police officer but also like they can convict you of any crime um so they're kind of a bad guy but the whole reason why we bought the game is because i found out that you can play it co-op but going on to steam okay yeah, going on to Steam, you can't actually use Steam servers as the co-op servers. You have to like download Hamachi. Hamachi is like this. Oh, I know thing. what that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a server system that you can use to like you know host like game servers or whatever. And we tried that; it didn't work. And then we also tried um, Game Ranger. Game Ranger is kind of something similar to Hamachi. Uh, but that didn't work either, and so we were like, okay, well, we kind of wasted two bucks, but two bucks is two bucks. So we're going to try to figure out how to play that game co-op in the near future, but for now, um, yeah, I mean, we just put that on the side. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm trying to imagine what co-op looks like in a Judge Dread game. You're basically two judges, and you just run oh, around oh, and do stuff. Oh, okay, for sure. All it's right. a very linear game in the style of, like, Time Splitters. Okay. Um, so we gave up on that that night, and then we're like, okay, we want to play something else, and we're like, yeah, sure. So we booted up Bigfoot, and now I've mentioned Bigfoot in a previous podcast, and I even wrote an article in the blog about it. Uh, it's a co-op game where there are four researchers, and they go into the forest, and they have to go find Bigfoot, and they're armed with like a drone, guns, traps, cameras, all this jazz. Yep. And uh, it's pretty. Fu- it's a pretty fun game. And they released an update finally where they added a new map because before it was the, a snow level and I, I'm not a huge fan of the snow level. Uh, the uh, forest level has like, um, you know, it, it's it's got a bunch of trees, like it rains, uh, there's thunderstorms sometimes, there's a dynamic day-night system. Uh, they added wolves and bear and deer. Well, they've already had deer before, but they they added wolves and bears, so there's more things that can come out and kill you and more stuff you can waste your ammo on. And I hate um, bears, too, in games. They're just always so vicious, and they they cause another problem, even though they're, they're not the- <laughs> even the main problem. I know. They're like a mini boss. Yeah. The initial, it's an additional thing to worry about. Totally. So we play the game, and we're like, okay, this this feels like the previous iterations of the game. Now, let's just wait for Bigfoot. So... My brother was like, okay, Bigfoot's not going to attack us unless we attack him first. So I'm like, okay, I remember that from the previous version of the game. He won't attack you until you like shoot him or unless you trap him. So we spawn, the when we load the game, we spawn at the camp, like the, the camper. Yes. And we're like, okay, we collect a bunch of ammo and stuff and it's nighttime. We're like, okay, let's wait until it's daytime because, you know, it just makes sense to go hunting in the daytime. So we, the day, the, the daytime cycle comes out and we're like, okay, let's go. So we leave the cabin. We're setting a trap down, and my brother sets down a camera, and I'm like, okay. And he's like, oh, shit. And then I turn around, and there's Bigfoot running at us. And I'm like, so much for, like, waiting for us to attack him. And he just starts, like, hitting us. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it was dumb. And then we, so he, so he doesn't wait for you to shoot him first. He just goes out in a taxi, which makes sense, you know. Uh, you, uh, yeah. Um, and so then we shot him with a tracking bullet, and we're chasing him across the map. And we're like, okay, uh, let's go, let's chase him and see where he goes. And we run out of stamina. We're like, shit. Okay, now we're, we're tired, and we're just sitting ducks here. So we wait for our stamina to come back. We find him, and then we shoot him again, and he just runs away. So in the daytime, it seems like he runs away more. But if he's like, if there's a point where he has to come and, and attack you, then he'll run out and attack you. But but the nighttime is when he's more aggressive. Um, so he runs away, and then we do some exploring, and we end up finding a cave. And one of the goals in the game, there's two goals in the game. The first one is to capture Bigfoot, obviously, more like kill Bigfoot, and then uh, it'll show like a cutscene where you take him away. Uh, but the other objective is to find four missing survivors. And so in this cave, we find one of the survivors and we find a bunch of like dead bodies uh, of like carcasses of animals. And uh, by the way, the, the, the body we found of the survivor, it, his head is like missing. And it's like super disgusting. Um, and on the wall are like paintings of like, like cave paintings of Bigfoot and uh, like, you know, ancient people like throwing spears at him. So I was like, oh, that's a nice little touch. There's a little yeah. bit of lore in there. There's a little bit of lore. And so then we're exploring the cave. Then it's not a very big cave. And they're like, okay, well, the sun's going down. What do you want to do? And then my brother's like, we'll just want to go out. And I'm like, no, I want to stay here. So he sets a trap in front of the cave and he sets a camera there. And I find out that there's a little log in the cave and you can use it to jump onto a little ledge. And I'm like, do you think you can get us from here? And my, bro- my brother's like, ah, well, let's see what happens. And so we're sitting at the cave, right? Oh my God. Yeah. And so we hear the music start to queue up and then he starts running into the cave. We're like, oh shit. But we're standing on the ledge, right? <gasps> okay. And so, okay. Yeah. So, and so then. Is that protection he, then? So he runs up to the ledge and he just stops because the programming doesn't allow him to jump. Wow. <laughs> so he's stuck there just looking at us and making these breathing, like roaring noises. And then I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, shoot him. And so we pull out our guns and we just like shoot him. And then we run out of ammo. Okay. And I'm like, oh shit, what do we do now? And so the game, the the starting weapon that gives you that the game gives you in the beginning is uh like little knives. So we pull out the knives, we slowly go like like go up to his face, and then we're at the we're at a good distance where you can like swipe at his face. And so we're doing that. We're just like clicking like constantly left clicking until like you know we're like slicing his face down until his health goes all the way down, and then and we kill him. <laughs> we ultimately kill him. <laughs> this is so. <laughs> We oh, we found a way to beat the game without af- actually having to play the game, which is something that we've done multiple times, sadly. <laughs> because, I feel like I've done something like that in Grand Theft Auto before. Yeah, where I just yeah. found a really cheap way to get so- like get someone off a like a building. Or <laughs> no, I mean totally. Like you're not supposed to do it, or you're not supposed to find out about it, but it's there, and you're gonna you know take advantage of it because you know why not? So. This is version 3.0, and we're like, okay, this is the third time it happened. The first time it happened in the first iteration of this game was um, you can stand on a bridge. Like, there was a two-way bridge, and you could just stand there and look either way, and then Bigfoot will, like, come from either side, right? Because there's only one Bigfoot. And so if he's there, you we can, like, shoot at him, and then we can jump off the bridge and then, like, loop back around. He'll just, like, chase us in an infinite loop. Uh, and the second way to beat him on the first iteration was well, this was our mistake or more like our blessing. Like he, he ran, we, we were, uh, we shot him. We fell underneath the bridge. He ran after us and he got stuck. And we did basically just like shot him until, you know, he, yeah. Cause he's, he's glitched and stuck. So we shot him until we won. And so we're like, okay, well we pr- pretty much broke this game. So this, and the second time the game came out, we actually played it like the way it's supposed to be. So we had the, we had a little cabin. We, this is when the snow level was the only thing up. And so we would run around and we used the tracking bullets and we would find him. We would lure him to us. We would shoot him. But, you know, we didn't really get his health up down to halfway. Yeah. And like, okay. How do we, how do we do this? And so what happened was uh, the game has flares. And if you use a flare, Bigfoot will be afraid of it because it's like really, a really bright, a really light. bright he'll run, light. Yeah. He'll run away. And so. I'm surprised we, he's scared of that. I know, right? Of all so, things. And not the sound of the guns, right? <laughs> and so what happened was well, he ran up to us, like he was about to attack us. I shot a flare up. My brother shot him with a tracking dart. So we, we tracked him all the way to the edge of the map. And 
he was stuck there and and you know we, we couldn't run as fast as him so we're just like you know slowly approaching his location and we're like why is he stuck there <laughs> and what, what we saw was he was stuck at the top of the hill like skyrim style he was like stuck there of and course he was, gl- he was. and he was and like, i can envision this too because you compared it to skyrim exactly so he's like stuck there glitched and he's like he's roaring and not moving and he's like arr, 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 like over and over again and so we're like well we gotta do it so we just you know put up the firing squad pull out our guns and just started shooting his ass until he died and then we won that way and so gg we, yeah so every time we play a new update of this game we always find a way to break it somehow <laughs> you gotta do what no, you gotta do though yeah i mean it's to be fair, it is a really fun game, and I can't recommend this game enough to anyone else because it's, although it is an early access game, this is the first early access game I've ever, ever played on Steam that actually just keeps on giving, and the developers are really communicative with everyone. They're like a four or five person team out of the Ukraine or something, and they've been just like churning out updates, you know, letting people know that the updates are still coming and being really and highly communicative with their audience, which I think is really cool. So it's really awesome that the, this small team created this really cool game. Yeah. So shout out to them. That's like the last thing that I, that I played, I'd say. Gotta exploit the system. Yeah, it was, so, it was super cool. It was chill. So, I mean, if you at least ever want to play it, let me know. Like, we'll hop on and play it. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's cool. Yeah. About, I want to say two two days ago um we had uh uh what's his name kenichiro uh yoshida and then satya nadella um from sony and microsoft respect uh respectfully or yeah respectfully they were standing in a picture shaking hands with each other and you're thinking huh why you got two people from microsoft and sony shaking hands i wonder what's going on and then it was announced that Microsoft and Sony would be partnering and collaborating potentially in the future um, for a for cloud gaming and cloud services. Pretty much right. what's going on right now is the big three, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, are saying, fuck you, Google. Guess what we're going to do? <laughs> And it's probably yeah. it's gonna probably lead to this this partnership, and then it wouldn't surprise me if Nintendo is already working on something, or Nintendo joins in on the alliance, and they're basically saying, "Get out of here, Google! You're not wanted right. here." <laughs> they're like, they're like, we are real video games, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I think from uh, historically, from a Sony perspective. This is a shock. If you're just a player and you play everything and you don't really follow what Sony's done in the past to avoid a lot of things like this, you're you just be like, "Oh, this is very cool. Um good good on them for collaborating." But as we've discussed plenty of times on the podcast at this point, Microsoft has been developing a cloud-based gaming system, a streaming service for a while. I like, you know, maybe for tens of or like five ten years and sony at this point has either has been pretty quiet on revealing their cards about joining the streaming service game which to be honest sony doesn't have any cards they just weren't weren't really gonna approach it yet in this next console but i do think that the announcement of uh stadia really shook things up for sony i don't even think and let me know your opinion jeremy but i don't think microsoft was phased in any way by google's announcement because microsoft has years of video game research industry and they already announced or leaked out that they were going to be working on something like this so this was not a big deal to them but i think this scared sony that they had to do something yeah um granted that also Microsoft and Google are neighbors when it comes to their company headquarters in Mountain View they're like really literally down the street from each other I mean yeah again like Microsoft has had pretty a pretty long and extensive history with not just PC gaming but also console gaming and so 
at the end of it, they're just like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it, Google? Like, we're we're still we still have exclusive. You guys don't have Halo, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, definitely, I feel like Sony is in the right place to be afraid. But again, like as we kept talking about before, Sony doesn't need to be scared. They 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 have their own market going and they're still making a lot of money like again this was sony's generation but of course this generation is coming now to a close with you know the introduction of streaming consoles i will i'll be at one giant streaming console um but yeah i mean again we'll see we'll see where the market goes and this could also mean the end of gamestop for like you know used retail games and all these used game stores now will now just become like retro game stores yes um, definitely if if all the gaming companies and all the gaming console companies specifically go gung-ho with digital and they don't even sell physical anymore that is for sure the end of GameStop yeah it'll just be like you said retro gaming stores will now take place yeah not to um, mention oh man that's gonna hike up the price of a lot of physical copies yeah physical copies i mean it's gonna be a hot well, commodity no i mean like i'm looking at my gamecube collection right now i'm just like okay well i'm glad i have all these cool titles because in like five years time these are gonna be super expensive i know remember you were talking about in a previous podcast that one of your covers straight up was fifty dollars or a hundred dollars yeah. Yeah, I that disc is so cool, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even want to play it, <laughs> you know, because like, what's the point? <laughs> Too pristine. <laughs> no, for real though. But I mean, I do want, I do want to play it. Like, there's a part of me that's like, why should you even touch this? But at the same time, I'm like, this is a really cool piece of Nintendo history that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. And you know. It's one of those things where money is always nice. It's always nice to sell things that that you're not going to use, but there is, the collector value and just the sentimental value can outweigh anything that money can buy. Absolutely. I mean, I haven't sold a game since GameStop was going to become GameStop, like when it was like software, et cetera, I think. This is like in 2000 something to that it was like the early 2000s for sure mm-hmm. but yeah i haven't sold a game to gamestop in a while mainly because their trade-in policy is just not good yeah so yeah and there, and there aren't very many mom and pop retro game shops around me in the city so i'm like who what, like what do i do with this like i don't want to sell it online like that's i'd rather just get the money now but that's also why craigslist is a really good place is because it's a good place to find gamecube stuff but at the same time sell gamecube stuff and just sell games in general yes but anyways, yeah, um, I mean, Sony should not be scared, but again, I do understand why, and I think they just need to learn how to adapt. When I see this picture of them shaking hands, it, it's just so funny to me that they had to, it, one of, someone from their PR was thinking, all right, guys, we need to have a picture of you smiling, extend your hand shake on it there you go snap picture <laughs> shake it faster <laughs> <laughs> no we didn't get the shot you have to do it again <laughs> yes <laughs> um oh. and if it hasn't been clear already this partnership i'm assuming microsoft has everything established and sony is just reaping the benefits out of it that if this goes through too, you we you never know. You you know Sony has a history of saying things that they back out on. So yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be surprising. But just to establish this, Microsoft has the cloud streaming equipment and ser- and um the infrastructure established, and it would be PlayStation just joining in on the partnership. So what does the partnership entail exactly? So at least from the articles that I'm reading, um, the partnership will be for cloud, um, cloud-based cloud solutions for gaming experiences, which I took that straight out of the article. And what's going to happen is they're going to establish the current technology that Microsoft uses for cloud 
uh, cloud-based game streaming, and then they're going to partner up with Sony. At the same time, Sony is going to do something image-related for Microsoft, and I think that's going to be the... Um, that's going to be the deal. And I don't necessarily think that the Sony um, image working thing is related to gaming, but just um, like their technology, I'm assuming for graphics, they're going to work on out like as a whole. This also doesn't mean they're going to be sharing titles, right? I don't think so. I think this is all this is all just to get a leg up on Google. It's all I, just hardware based, right? Yep, I'm pretty exactly. It's all hardware and electrical based. I don't think it affects any of the games, at least not right now. If this mm-hmm. deal goes through, I think this is all just f- putting on face to establish a competitor to uh, Google. Hmm. And for and for Microsoft and Sony to say, "Hey, we got this random person entering the fight, <laughs> entering the match." And we've right. been here for the past twenty years. Is yeah. is pretty much what their statement is. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, all I gotta say is, wait until <laughs> wait maybe like a few more months to see if this if this actually has traction. Um, just because Sony has backed out on a lot of things before. Right. And we'll probably get more info next month because it is E3. And as we all know, Sony is not attending, but Microsoft is attending. And they may bring down the house. We'll see. They're having a... I will say, Microsoft's having a lot of good momentum going into E3. I think that they can work this their way if they want to. I can see that. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yes. Have you seen the uh, new trailer for Final Fantasy VII remake? Uh, the teaser, right? Yeah, the like teaser. They said, More to come in June. Yep, it looks exactly the same as this as what we saw ten years ago, <laughs> except you just add two more characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Square Enix did say that it will be no later than, or not no later, but it will be not earlier than March 2020. So it can come out any time after that. Ugh. Well, but, granted with their previous titles, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy 15, their track record isn't so good. I'm pretty sure in a co- in a press conference... A couple months ago, Square Enix said that the Final Fantasy VII Remake was definitely a 2021 game. Eh, I mean, I'm probably expecting that. Yeah. They also said it's still going to be episodic, which is so confusing to me. That's such bullshit. I'm so sorry. But you got to be kidding me. You're going to take a, what, like a 40-hour game that you can easily play on one disc and just la-di-da around the world and you're gonna you you waited 10 years to make this into an episodic piece is so dumb to me unless you're for sure adding a shit ton of con actually no i take that i take that back it's still stupid you know why because games easily can have over 100 hours so what difference does this even make it's a it's a it's a money grab yeah, I was and, gonna say like, why, why are you defending it, Alisa? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a money. It's a money grab for a game where the teaser looks exactly the same, except you see Eris now. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not seeing anything new. Aside, I will say though, they did. It seems to confirm in the teaser they're going towards active time battle versus turn base, which you know, take that as you will. But still, um, yeah, I. Obviously, this hasn't come out yet, but I, I'm probably not gonna play this because one, I've already played Final Fantasy VII, and I've also played Crisis Core and watched the movie, so I feel fine. Um, and I'm not even gonna tell people who have never played Final Fantasy VII to wait for the new one just because the graphics are good. Because if you're gonna be paying fifty dollars for four episodes, for example, 
That's stupid. Yeah, that is really dumb. Yeah, that's so dumb. I hate that shit, Jeremy. Like, just wait for a Game of the Year edition where it's all going to be together. Buy all the episodes in one go. It's like, why didn't you just do that in why the first Why didn't you do that place? to begin with, exactly? Ugh. Yeah, I'm not a fan of episodic releases. Yeah. Of one game. Of one game. You know? the See, the Master Chief Collection is different. They can release it in episodic thing in, ep- in an episodic fashion because these are all different games that have at least, like, more than a thousand hours. But... Not only the... go first. I was just gonna say, like, there's no excuse for another game like that. But yeah, go on. And not and to add on to that, not only that, you're making episodes into a game that already exists as one game. Mm-hmm. And there's no excuse to saying, oh, there's gonna be a lot of content because you can easily have a game that has over a hundred, two hundred hours. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's all. What's it's the all, excuse? <laughs> it's a cash grab. Yeah. Like, oh, we want to fine tune every episode so that your playing experience means more to us than anything else. Yep. It's like, well, then just make all of it, you know, in one go, and then just release it all at once, and just fine tune it as much as you can. I mean, Ugh. although although Square has had a pretty bad track record when it comes to announcing release dates and releasing the game, they have released their games. You have to you have to admit that they did release them. Yes. Even though they kept pushing it, they did have it come out. So there are some games that have taken a lot longer than they have. So, I mean, we can't really argue with that. Yeah. I just... So, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, take as long, take as, long as you need to. As long as it comes out, then that's fine with me. Yeah. Um... I'm just going to reemphasize to anyone if you ever want to play Final Fantasy VII and you're waiting for it, just I'll just play it right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't wait for it. There, there's no point. Yeah. Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Exactly. Just play it. I I don't think this is worth waiting for. <laughs> That's just yeah. me. Before we go on to the next topic, Jeremy, I just, I wanted to clarify something because I opened up an article. Um, on the previous topic, Microsoft and Sony haven't signed legal paperwork yet, according to PC Gamer. It is, oh, they just shook hands. It, they shook hands. Ugh. <laughs> oh, they shook hands. <laughs> like It's like they, they were walking down <laughs> they were walking down a hallway in a hotel room, and they shook hands, and then someone's like, oh, oh, partnership, partnership, partnership. And they're like, what? Oh, okay. I guess we're going to do this partnership thing. <laughs> That's what the photo looks like to me. Yeah. No, but, uh, but uh, I mean, okay, so... It's all just announcements and nothing in set in stone yet, which is like, eh, that's okay. I mean, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yep. It is a picture of handshaking. Cool. Yes. And that is my update. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I do want to go into the next bit of news about our boy, Pro Jared. Oh, yeah. Dude. Are you, re- are you ready for this? Okay. Give me the update. This is a weird so, story. <laughs> so a bit so a, a bit of a recap. Um for those that don't know, Pro Jared is a YouTuber that uh on May 8th he divorced his wife over Twitter. His wife didn't know. She found out, she got angry. She released all of his public information, stuff like that, that he was doing when he was uh famous. So it came out that well not was famous. Well, you he, he was abusing others with his power including his wife. Uh he didn't introduce his wife to his friends. He was uh sending nude pictures of himself to minors that were his fans he created a tumblr account that he shared nude photos and had nude nude photos of his fans on there um he was cheating on his wife with not just one woman but it came out that there were more women he was cheating on his wife with um at at conventions by the way and so yeah all these allegations came out and i mean there's photo out of it there's photo evidence of it people people took screenshots of the conversations they had with him on tumblr on snapchat on all these different platforms and so yeah, and his wife blew up about it. He stayed quiet until yeah, two days ago. Okay. Where when he released a statement on Twitter. And I want to read this to you, Elisa. Okay, I, I, I am curious what he said. Right, because this is this is his response to everything everything that has just happened so far. Alright. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, so I am deeply sorry to anyone who has seen the accusations, vitriol, 
or unwanted photos that my former partner Heidi and others have been posting online since last Wednesday, May 8th, 2019. The truth is that Heidi and my marriage has been in a bad place for some time. I never wanted any of those details to become public for both Heidi and my mental well-being. But they have, and the accusations being made now must be addressed. A few years ago, Heidi asked me if we could be in an open, polyamorous marriage. I recognize now that this request and my willingness to go along with it was an unhealthy attempt to solve deeper issues that had developed with our, within our marriage. Heidi has taken several casual partners and has been in a more serious relationship with another partner since 2017. Whether done to make her own actions feel justified or because she genuinely believed it would help me to build self-esteem. So build self-esteem is in quotes. Heidi suggested that I also engage with other women. Heidi encouraged me to tell Holly, his the girl that he was cheating with, that I was developing feelings for her. But when I did, things changed with Heidi. She became angry and vindicative and not and did not want me to see or speak with Holly anymore. She called me a cheater and claimed that I was destroying our marriage because of my affair, even though she continued to have other relationships with other partners. I never wanted to destroy our marriage, and I spent months after that doing what I could do to repair it through couples therapy and extensive individual therapy. Page two. Though close to there's me, there's two pages. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. This is okay. This is there's two pages. Okay. Those close, <laughs> those close to me have witnessed Heidi's behavior towards me on many occasions, and have begged me to leave for some time. I was many things during this time, including embarrassed, scared, and broken, but I was never the abuser. I made several attempts to leave, starting in October 2018, but each time she refused to let it happen, threatening to destroy my career, to harm others if I left it. Despite all of this, I tried to end things amicably. I helped Heidi find a new place to live and paid the initial deposits. I bought her a car to facilitate her independence. I formally filed for divorce on May 13, 2019, and have instructed my attorneys to make sure that she receives her fair share of what I earned while we were together. I genuinely never wanted any of this to happen, but I have finally realized that I have no other choice. Even though I have been tempted to put information out online that shows my side of the story, I don't want to further stroke the stoke the fires of what should be a private matter between us my hope is that both of us continue to pursue therapy and come out of this unfortunate situation better people but i want everyone to know that any other interactions i have had with any other women were known to and encouraged by heidi and were had with only the purest and lawful intentions bullshit i am sorry to everyone that have that i've disappointed i realize that as a public figure i am held to a higher standard i have my sh- I've made my share of mistakes, but uh, I have only ever tried to do what's best for Heidi and me. End. All right, Elisa, taking all, all of that information in and after reading everything you saw online about Pro Jared, what are your thoughts on this statement? Okay, so first off, I just want to say uh, that uh, as if when you put yourself as a social media influencer and you put out all that information that you're subject to a lot of criticism... Although you are subject to a lot of criticism, I do believe that there are certain things that, you know, like it is your business and you got to do what you got to do. So like in this example, so and this is right now taking if you're taking Jared's apology as truth, uh, the whole thing about having a a polygamous relationship is stuff that's not really on us to say on us to say because you know it, if that fact is true they're you know it's their choice like you know some people are polygamous some people are monogamous as long as it's explicitly said in the relationship there's not really much that we that anyone can really say about it because if the two people have an understanding then that's all that really matters that is if you believe that statement all right now what? now going into it there's a lot of issues that I have with that statement. Um, and I'm going to just st- go it out. St- like, you know, the first thing that he should have addressed, in my opinion, was the stuff about sending nudity to people who are younger than 17. I think the fact that he completely, like, he didn't even address that makes this apology already very suspicious. Because I think that was one of because the marriage the marriage stuff is a huge factor, but that's it's like the audience can give an opinion on that 
and at the end of the day, it's going to be whatever those two do. But the fact that he did not mention anything about the clear, concrete proof that he was sending stuff to 14-year-olds and maybe even younger, who knows, that is really weird to me. And that should be disturbing for a lot of people that he hasn't apologized for that. Let's face it, we're we're in a social media world. You're We're in a social media world and damage control has to be done in 24 hours for even a semblance of truth to be believed with you, but also for you to take control of the situation. I think that when you respond faster, then you're taking power away from the person who accused you. I think the fact that he waited a whole week, and you know, this is me overanalyzing at this point, but when you wait a really long time to apologize, um, and uh, wait a long time to apologize and then say that you have proof but not actually post the proof is just kind of like, uh, you know, people have moved on and already have this opinion of you because you waited so long. After he posted the statement, of course, his wife blew up on Twitter. Now, oh. I'll, re- I'll read some of the tweets she said regarding polyamory. Okay. So, there's only three okay. that I, that I want to point out. So, there's one that she says... He says he only acted with my approval, and this is nothing short of bullshit. It's legitimately insane. I told him in, in no uncertain terms that I was not comfortable with polyamory after he proved he could not be transparent with me. Countless people can corroborate this. Polyamory requires transparency and consent. Otherwise, it's just good old-fashioned cheating. See? Um, one more, one more. Okay, okay, okay. People, people keep asking for clarification. We attempted polyamory, and then I shut it down in no uncertain terms. I never had anything to hide from him, period. I did not receive the same transparency. Okay, yeah, go on. See, that is a proper response if you're a social media influencer. You get on it immediately and you clarify it. Whereas... Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas the fact that he waited a whole entire week to do it, I think already has lost credibility with him. And it sucks as it is, but this is the social media world that we live in. It, it's just the way that it works right now. Everyone's yeah, all you, about the hot takes. You didn't give your hot take in 24 hours, you know, then screw you almost. No, for real though. But I mean, so I mean, with this whole situation coming to light, there's there's a few things I want to talk about really quickly. And one is that, of course, when you're a public figure, I, I mentioned this with Jordan on the last podcast, but when you're a public figure, obviously you want to... I wouldn't say put your ghosts, keep your ghosts in the closet, but like you want to ensure that you're not, you're also just a good person on the inside and not just showing your face as a good person on the outside. I mean, of course, a lot of these celebrities, you're never going to be able to tell. You really don't know how a person is on the inside, but don't fucking put your own face in these dick pics, man. I mean, yeah. That's... That's the first part. There's so many. There's so much evidence against you. Yeah. And the other thing I want to talk about really quickly is that his wife didn't have to blow this up. Like we, no one would have ever known about this whole situation if it didn't come to light. Like it was her choice to make this public, and to, this is like her own revenge against him. But not I to mean, mention, there... I think he tweeted that they were getting a divorce, and she found out on twitter right or yeah yeah see well see that's that's the shitty part but like because they didn't have any transparency this is why it blew up yeah but i just feel like like for even if they are public figures like there is a way to just like not have this be public if you didn't want it to you know but it's it's his own fame that got to his head yes that caused him that caused this downfall but again like she didn't have to do that like i feel like I'm not saying that she's 100% right. I'm saying that we're all humans and there's a little bit of part, there's a part of her that is wrong. I think I personally think that he the only thing I agree with in his statement that I just read is that they should keep it private between them. Like they don't have to blow this hall up in front of the whole world for to people to, like to to side with her and say that hey, she's 100% right. Like there she is right in a lot of things, but personally I feel like she didn't have to go out of her way to like blow this up in front of him. And to, like, you know, make him seem like the bad guy. Like, yeah, there were a lot of things he did wrong, but, like, there's ways to keep it privatized. Yeah. I think the discretion that a lot of social media influencers lack is almost frightening. Um, 
I, you know, you're, you're a social media influencer. And I, I know that part of being an influencer is you do want to be seen as a hero or seen as something to the people who follow you. But at the end of the day, this is a persona that only represents like part of your life it could be 100% of your life if you make it, but obviously that's not the advisor, like, agreeable thing. I think that just social media has been a thing of the past, like, three or four years, especially blowing up with YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. You know the deal, Twitch. But, uh, like, this is a career, and as any other regular job you got to keep your personal stuff some personal stuff to yourself treat it like a job you wouldn't reveal all your eggs at your job no i mean like you don't want to yeah you you don't you have to have some form of like discretion yeah and and just like you don't have to tell everybody everything because like yeah, going, back, going back really to the don't. <laughs> going back to the YouTube thing, like the people that vlog on the daily, like they show their whole damn lives to everyone. They show their rooms, they show their house, their car, their dog, their girlfriend, their wife. You know, like everything. It's just like, like, and they get burned out, and and they don't know what else to show, and like you run out of ideas, and you might go crazy because like now you're famous, and everyone wants to see more, and you have to you have to give in to what people are saying because you yeah. want to please your fans, but at the same time you don't. But the best way to do it is just to not start at all and like you know like you don't or if you if you come to realize all this stuff you don't have to let the fame get to you you could just be like all right well fuck off i'm just gonna do what i want to do because i'm a human being and you're a human being too but like you don't you don't i don't have to give in to your desires because i i just want to do me yes you know and I, i feel like that's what a lot of people need to like realize especially especially if you have a huge public following which yes uh really quickly pro pro jared had over like a little bit over a million subscribers before this whole thing blew up and now he's down to seven hundred ninety nine thousand subscribers like people actively unsubscribed from him for ooh, like a little bit over a week it's yep. been crazy so damn but yeah so uh you know if you're a public figure of course you're gonna have some some dirt underneath the the mattress but i mean just don't make make sure it doesn't come out i mean you could be a closet pedophile like this dude yep pretty much it's just yeah so i mean that's i'm done with my rant that's all i have to say i'm surprised he really didn't address the pedophile or the pedophile accusations because those are pretty rough because though that's a that was a lot of concrete proof so yeah he's a he's a piece of shit like yeah. i'm not saying he's 100 percent right i'm just agreeing with the fact that you know there are some things that they need to keep private and that they don't have to tell everyone like not everyone has to know about everything in your life yep but and and again heidi didn't have to do this but she did and it's out there now but again she didn't have to i'm not citing i'm not citing with him but saying i'm not saying he's right i'm saying i'm saying he's wrong but i'm just saying that there's there's a lot of things that you don't have to talk about in your in your in your public life yes Anyways, I'm done. I'm done with that. Yep. <laughs> um, cool. That was it. Uh, that's all we have for gaming news today. And I don't cool. think we really have questions. Nah. I mean, we can close it out. Yep. Uh, thanks, everyone, for all your feedback about the relationship podcast. Clearly, we probably need to make another one. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, if anyone has any more questions, like, shoot it our way. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can yeah. comment on the 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 video on youtube itself or like on on podbean yeah wherever like wherever the podcast is yeah that one specifically like go find it leave a comment we'll read it or we'll we'll, we'll save it for another relationship podcast but if we get enough we'll, like, we'll definitely do another one yes so we'll probably we'll plan for another one since that one was so popular um but it won't be for like you know maybe until like the summer starts or whatever but we'll say like yeah like post e3 yeah but send us your questions on anything just as jeremy said and if you like this podcast so much leave a review on itunes apple podcasts and that yeah Yeah, that's it 
thanks for listening to, to the wait what what <laughs> one happened thing. so okay. a couple more housekeeping things okay if you want to leave us another comment or question you can go to www.downtime.live you can click on the contact form and leave us something that way you can also go to uh email us the old-fashioned way which is at contact at downtime.live send us an email question comment stuff like that uh com- again comment on any of our videos anywhere that the podcast is hosted you can comment uh there and we'll read it on the podcast yeah you can also join our join our discord if you go to our website go on the left hand side click on the word community click on uh clicking on that will lead you to a, a link that will take you to our discord server and from there you can um you know talk to us directly you can give us feedback directly you can leave us comments directly ask us a question a lot of our users have been joining discord and leaving us questions and comments there so that's pretty cool yeah um and yeah that's about it elisa it's been it's been a fun run yep um find out next week who dies on the final episode of Game of Thrones and who takes the Iron Throne that we don't even know if it exists anymore because everything burned. Spoiler alert. The only one that dies is HBO because what are they going to do after this? Oh, no. Uh, That's actually a pretty good one. I stole it from Seth Meyers. (laughs) What is their their next show after... or not, Not their next show, but like what after the ratings, what is after Game of Thrones? Well, Westworld was supposed to be their next big hit, and it's pretty good. But then they, it got kicked to twenty twenty. Oh, why? Um, cause production and Game of Thrones. All right. Well, I don't know. That Bullshit. Sucks. It's just <laughs> stupid. Stupid TV Steve. schedules. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to Westworld, but it's definitely not Game of Thrones level right now. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you can only have so many medieval lore shows at one time. You got, it's na- true. The next one, we need to take. There needs to be a break. Yeah, totally. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the 102nd episode of Downtime Podcast. Have a good night. Peace.